The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Now we're going to talk to Mr. Ansel Torres, president of W.R. Torres Foundation for the Blind. Mr. Torres is the president and founder of the W. Torres, W.R. Torres Foundation for the Blind. The Torres Foundation was established in memory of his father, Wilfred Robert Torres, a blind national of Trinidad and Tobago. The Torres Foundation is a non-government organization, NGO, that was established to promote the development of people who are blind in the Caribbean and the United States through its advocacy, blindness services, and assistive technology solutions in partnership with the organizations that share its goals. Mr. Ansel Torres was born in Santa Cruz and migrated to the United States, where he now lives. He works. His life works has been in the area of providing assistive technology, blindness services, as well as integrating technology solutions to accommodate people with visual impairments at work, at school, and at home. So we're going to, uh, in, well, I've just introduced him. Good morning to you, Mr. Torres. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. All right. Let me just try... Let's hear you again. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. I'm happy to be here. We're hearing you loud and clear now. Excellent. So we're just going to talk briefly about your foundation. Yes. Uh, well, we, how did it start and what has it uh, accomplished so far? Well, the Torres Foundation, the W.R. Torres Foundation for the Blind was established in memory of my father, Wilfred Robert Torres, who died on December 13th, 1998. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a very active member in the blind community here in Trinidad and Tobago uh, and very uh, community-minded. Um, we lived up in the hills of Neverditty, and for people who know what Neverditty was about in the 70s and 80s, uh, we did not have uh, pipe-borne water unless you ran your own pipeline from the main line all the way out um, up to your house. And, and that's how you got pipe on water, if you could afford it, if you could afford to run those lines. And um, one of the things that he did was actually to create a standpipe at the bottom of the hill where we live so that people who live further up in the alley, as they used to call it in Neverditty, um, people could fetch... Uh, pipe-borne water right there at the uh, at the bottom of the hill from where we lived as a result of something that, that he did. So my father was not a, a rich person, but he believed in sharing whatever little he had to help out his blind community as well as the community where uh, he lived. And um, that kind of community spirit has been infectious uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, my mother also was very community-minded. You know, she believed in love and keeping love alive and love in the community and always had um, some ideas that she wanted to bring the community together, especially where we lived up there in Aruka eventually. And the, she would be the live wire behind organizing little uh, Christmas parties for the kids and in the neighborhood and that type of thing. So there's a lot of community involvement uh, that um, comes from my family, and I learned a lot from that. And so when my father died, 
I thought I had to do something to remember him. And um, without knowing anything about what was involved in establishing an organization or a foundation or anything like that, I said, you know what? I would like to establish a foundation in my father's memory. And as a result of that, um, the Torres Foundation for the Blind was established uh, with a, in a joint effort with my, my sister, Kashmir Torres, now Kashmir Mitchell, and my sister, Alison Questal, and my, um, my brother, uh, Gregory Torres, who is now passed. Uh, so that's sort of where we started. Now, that's, that's how, where we started. Now, um, in terms of what have we done, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the question. Well, we've been around since uh, 2000. The first project that we started um, at the Torres Foundation was a project to bring assistive technology. And assistive technology are essentially specialized technologies that enable people with disabilities uh, to perform activities of daily living. Mm -hmm. The technology that I focused on was assistive technology for people who are blind and low vision. Um, so what, what I did, because I, I worked in the United States on a major project at the Social Security Administration to integrate uh, 6,000 of their disabled employees into the social security system with specialized technology. So I was working on that project. I worked on the blindness and low vision uh, side of it. And, um, and so when my father died, I was right in the middle of that project. Actually, I was about to fly out to Oregon when I heard of his death to do some technology training. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be a very fitting thing to embark upon a similar project here in Trinidad and Tobago to bring that assistive technology that I was working on for the Social Security Administration in collaboration with Unisys Corporation mm -hmm. uh, and bring them bring that technology here to Trinidad and Tobago uh, because you know the internet was beginning to emerge as a, an important digital force mm -hmm. and uh, I felt that I needed to do my part uh, as a Trinidadian citizen, as a child of Cynthia and son, uh, <laughs> Cynthia <laughs> and Wilfred Torres, uh, to bring that technology here to Trinidad and Tobago and possibly across the Caribbean, because I, that's what I was doing in the United States. That's I the just first wanted to yes. um, just interrupt here. Um, being a person, a sighted person, I'm not familiar with what um, technologies uh, you're speaking of. Can you describe yes. one of those um, systems for me? Yes. So assistive technologies for people who are blind uh, are, are quite numerous. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a substantial amount of assistive technology there in the, out there in the world to accommodate people who are blind uh, or low vision. Okay. Uh, someone who is blind, of course, means that they have absolutely no vision. Mm -hmm. um, and th the technology that is usually the most common, commonly used is synthetic speech screen reading technology. So when you uh, open your car, depending on the car that you have, it mm -hmm. may tell you that your seatbelt is not on, or um, there's some ATMs here that may tell you, uh, give you prompts on what you should do or shouldn't do on a, ver on a very limited basis. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, I'm, I've heard them here. Um, so that's essentially synthetic speech that you're hearing, 
Okay, there's no human, there's no man in your car talking to you live. <laughs> okay, it's synthetic. That, that would be a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say yes. So, um, so, uh, so assistive technology is used in a more extensive way by people who are blind because it doesn't just tell you that your seatbelt is on or off or whatever, but for us, when we use computers or cell phones, mm -hmm. um, it gives us a substantial amount of granular detail about the information that's on the screen in order for us to use it. So um, when you look at a screen, you see apps on a, on a desktop, mm -hmm. right? It may say Word. It may say, you know, uh, Dropbox. It may say Zoom. It may say outlook it may say excel WhatsApp, right. it may say whatsapp all mm -hmm. right okay when we for us to know that information we have to hear that information okay. um and so the screen reader essentially allows us to navigate across the screen uh either one at a time or in total uh it can navigate across the screen and we'll read out each one that's there so it can read out all of it at once or we can go to the one that we want um, you know, and select it from from those list of options. And then, let's say you want to use uh, your your Outlook email, you open up the Outlook program, mm -hmm. and uh, your list of emails are listed. And the screen reader has the ability to uh, read that information to you as well. So you open it up, you give a command. All of this is command driven. So you give the computer a series of keystroke commands. Uh, that will uh, that will cause the screen reader software to read that information. The software that is used predominantly across the globe is a product called JAWS. Okay. It stands for Job Access with Speech, and it is considered the gold standard for screen readers um, for people who are blind uh, globally. Uh, there are other products. There are other competing products. Um, but uh, JAWS is considered the gold standard. It is used by uh, corporations uh, in the United States and around the globe, as well as government agencies, educational institutions, and it's even used here as well in Trinidad and Tobago. And that's one of the technologies that we brought to Trinidad in a very big way mm -hmm. to get people who are blind uh, trained on the technology. And we collaborated with NALIS and now a substantial number of blind people in Trinidad and Tobago have been trained on JAWS. Uh, they also use another product called NVDA, which is uh, an open source uh, free software mm -hmm. uh, that is, is good for using at home, but it's not considered an enterprise safe solution for use in government um, or, or in corporate industry. Well, I was not about to ask how many um, businesses and um, establishments are uh, keen to using products like these. Uh, the acceptance of it, can you tell me um, if you've been, if it's been widely accepted or, or do you have challenges in letting um, owners know that this would be beneficial to their company? Well, we in the United States, um, there are companies that use it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from high security firms, no security, no, uh, you know, no um, un unrelated to security firms, uh, the Department of Defense, CIA, mm -hmm. uh, nonprofit organizations. I mean, everybody uses JAWS 
on their systems mm-hmm. um, because it is considered uh, a safe, re- a safe, reliable solution for integrating people who are blind into the workplace. Um, in Trinidad and Tobago, uh, one of the big projects that the Torres uh, Foundation uh, engaged in was a project with NALIS that brought a comprehensive set of technology solutions to all the libraries in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. So um, we, uh, we actually worked with NALIS um, starting in, was it 2023, when the library just around the corner mm-hmm. <laughs> was built. Um, we went to the director at the library and said, you know, uh, this is a beautiful library you're building here. Uh, do you have accommodations for the blind? Mm-hmm. And the answer was no, we did not have any at the time. So we said, well, you know, there's all of this JAWS screen reading technology that will make it possible for people to become uh, computer literate. And Nalys mm-hmm. at the time did have computer training programs for, for people with sight, mm-hmm. but they didn't have any programs for people who are blind. So we actually donated the first computer to Nalys uh, to start computer training for the blind. And a substantial number of people who are blind here in Trinidad and Tobago, people, some people you may even know, I don't know if you know Kenneth Surratt, uh, he was one of the beneficiaries of that program. And that's where I think his technology uh, experience started. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, Blind Welfare um, was generous enough to give us a training room as well. So um, training was done there. There's a, a lady by the name of Alicia Lalit. Mm-hmm. She lived here in Trinidad and Tobago, um, and I think she still lives here in Trinidad and Tobago, and she worked at Trinidad and Tobago Blind Welfare at the time, and they actually permitted her to come to the United States and get training on this technology and bring that technology back to, to Trinidad for, for the people who are blind over here. Um, we had a famous computer <laughs> that started mm. the revolution. Uh, it was called Sunny Boy, after my father. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who got training in the early days of Torres Foundation, they know who Sunny Boy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a grand opening. It was a tremendous time. And Alicia did an incredible job in starting off, um, you know, technology uh, discovery for people who are blind uh, here and now there's a lot of talk today about digital inclusion, uh, but Nalis, the Torres Foundation, Blind Welfare, we have been doing digital inclusion almost from the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not Johnny Come Latelys to this. Um, we are hip deep, neck deep uh, in this technology and this whole this goal of inclusion, and we are sort of in what I would call the second phase of the revolution to bring uh, access to people who are blind and visually impaired here in Trinidad and Tobago, but across the Caribbean. Uh, The project that we did at NALIS was actually recognized by the Prime Minister's office. The Torres Foundation um, partnered with NALIS in competing for an innovating for the, I forgot the full name of the, the award, but it was called, I believe it was called the Innovations in Technology Award from the Prime Minister's office, mm-hmm. and Nalis won a big trophy uh, that I believe they still have um, at the library on exhibit. Um, that was a direct result uh, of a collaboration between the foundation 
and the library. We call it the BIT project, Blind Independence Through Technology. Um, and that was one of the things that we did. And then we went on to uh, bring on several other technology solutions for people who are blind. So there are also screen magnification technologies. So if you're low vision mm -hmm. um, and the majority of people which experiencing vision problems are low vision people. I think in, in the Caribbean, it is something like 4% of the people who are experiencing vision problems are blind and the remaining percentage are low vision. Low vision. So it is a substantial number. And low vision technology makes it possible for for someone with limited vision to see the screen. So uh, they're not totally blind. They still have some usable vision. And the software um, magnifies the screen so that uh, that person can read it. Uh, the leading software uh, there is a product called ZoomText. And there is a new product that was developed after both those two products uh, because they were the, uh, essentially the gold standard. And it, uh, uh, the software that was developed was called Fusion. So Fusion is a combination of both the JAWS screen reader for people who are totally blind and the ZoomText software for people with low vision. So what we're going to do, going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will talk about that uh, fusion project and how uh, your contributors are contributing to the funding and the promotion of this project. Yes. It is 944 in the nation's capital, Freedom 106.5 FM. I see you uh, making your calls as well. We will take some calls in just about two minutes. We're going to take a break. We're back live inside Freedom 106.5 FM and it's Human Impact. And in studio with me, we have Mr. Ansel Torres, president of W.R. Torres Foundation for the Blind. And we were briefly talking about the different systems that are being that are being put in place for the uh, visually impaired amongst us in Trinidad and Tobago. And we started speaking about C-Access, it's Fusion Project. Yes. All right, so C-Access stands for Caribbean Access. Mm -hmm. That is a new, brand new initiative that the Torres Foundation uh, is introducing here in the Caribbean, and we're looking for partners. So C-Access is a, essentially uh, the idea, it's the, the, or the heart of C-Access, is that access for persons with disability should be elevated to an infrastructure level consideration, evaluation, and inclusion. Um, so when we think about infrastructure, we think about water, we think about lights, we think about telecommunication, and in the world that we live in, digital is very much a part of it. That is why there's so much talk today about digital inclusion at the UN and, and in a lot of places, and even at CARICOM, because I understand at CARICOM, there is something called the Caribbean Futurescape Project. Um, and that essentially is um, 
a lot of digital programming to take uh, the economies of the Caribbean into the future. Now, what frequently happens in the disabled or to disabled people when, when all of this planning takes place is that we're usually left out. Um, you look at building construction around Trinidad and Tobago and very little inclusion was done there. And the same thing is happening with the digital arena. And we at the Torres Foundation have been at this digital effort for people who are blind and low vision for a long time. And we're saying this time, oh no, we need to get digital infrastructure planning for access for people with disabilities as part of the overall infrastructure planning for digital inclusion. Now, I landed here on October 1st uh, to kick off this effort, and I have been hearing from a number of people. Actually, I was listening to an interview that was done with uh, Mr. George Smith, I believe, from UNDP, um, and he was talking um, quite a bit about digital inclusion. And um, I was very, very excited to hear that because I'm like, oh, wow, okay, I think we're on the same page here. Because <laughs> that interview, I think, was done very recently. Mm -hmm. And I think what we are promoting here will dovetail very nicely with what he is talking about and the Ministry of Digital Transformation. Um, so I am really hoping to get a conversation going with the folks um, who are involved with this project because C-Access uh, essentially is, is interested in bringing uh, solutions that will make things accessible for people with disabilities. Um, so, I'm, you know, my, my goal with C-Access is to get the governments, not just here in Trinidad and Tobago, but across the Caribbean, to have a line item, mm -hmm. a line item that specifically addresses disability access. Every ministry, every, every ministry in, in, in government here in Trinidad and Tobago and across the Caribbean should have a line item for access inclusion. Well, uh, just to um, interject here, I see that part of the call is for CARICOM to be involved. In. Yes. So tell me more about that. Right. So we are interested in going through CARICOM to try and address this access issue. Mm -hmm. I have not spoken to the folks directly yet. Um, at the Caribbean Telecommunications Union. I believe they're headquartered here in Trinidad Tobago on Mary Street, but I've been trying to reach them, but not successful yet. Um, I believe the, uh, the gentleman, George, um, Floyd Morris, mm -hmm. he is um, their, uh, the UN spokesperson on disability issues, and I'm also attempting to reach him as well on this subject. So. Um, CARICOM has not heard, um, well, let's just say I have not had a com uh, major conversation with them about it, but I did participate with them at one of their workshops in Jamaica several years ago 
uh, about assistive technology. And they have been saying all the right words uh, on disability inclusion and access at CARICOM. Um, but I was disappointed, actually, that I did not see anything on their Futurescape uh, video that actually is on YouTube uh, that talked about uh, accessibility and uh, the dis in disability inclusion. Um, maybe it was just an oversight, or maybe it's there and I just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but right. that that is that would be this program would dovetail very well with that because the idea be behind the C Access Fusion is first establish a framework for including uh, disability access uh, on an infrastructure level, having a line item. Uh, for budgeting for disability access. And the first uh, rung of that C-access ladder is this project that we're calling Fusion with this Fusion software at the center because Freedom Scientific Vispera is a company that makes JAWS, uh, ZoomText, and this Fusion product. Mm -hmm. And essentially, we, uh, we are, the Torres Foundation is a dealer for several assistive technology companies including Freedom Scientific, and they have, we have worked out a deal where we can make this JAWS and ZoomText software available to every, every computer that runs Windows that people who are blind need to access uh, for a substantial discount. Um, and it's a solution that is not just for Trinidad, but it is for CARICOM. All right, just to interrupt here, I think we've got some callers calling in uh, 627-3223-625-2257. They can probably um, ask you some questions. Yes. Hello, good morning. Good morning, good morning, greetings. Greetings, good morning. Do you have any questions for Mr. Yes, Torres? I'm from Princess Song and welcome to Mr. Mr. Torres. Ragu here from Princess Song, sir. Ragu, sir. We went to yes, school. Yes, I... <laughs> school for blind. Well, my question is more... I want to commend you for your work that you have done over the years and acknowledge. And I know we're always happy to have you in Trinidad because you always uh, bring the ideas and, you know, it's so refreshing. We had a very successful program Friday last at Santa Cruz. And um, I would thank like you. to encourage you and thank you publicly for the, the effort you are making through your foundation to bring inclusion and to bring level the playing field as it is you know yes to open up new opportunities and possibilities yes absolutely for persons who are blind well as you say not only in trinidad mm -hmm. but throughout the caribbean region so brother you keep it up and we are supporting you all the way thank you very much ragu here Princeton. thank you thank you ragu thank you thank you thank you very much appreciate it all right so to go further into um integration we have just have about four more minutes in this hour so we'll discuss uh a it's in more detail yes. in the next one. Yes. Uh, you said that only a few countries have um, expressed interest. Well, truthfully, we have not. I mean, we are now kicking off the campaign to bring this project uh, to the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. So really, our, our this is our first campaign, essentially. Um, we are also going to be doing some things in Jamaica. So we're sort of working our way through the various... Uh, islands, islands right. and ultimately we would like to work something through CARICOM and we will be happy to have their endorsement mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah so we really do want to speak with them I, I believe there's a Bernadette Lewis 
who is the Secretary General of the Caribbean Telecommunications Union. I would very much like to speak with her. As I said, I did reach out to them, um, but uh, I, you know, there was some issue with the phone. I'm not sure what's happening there. Well, this is a call to all interested parties to please contact the uh, Torres Foundation, um, Foundation for the Blind. Yeah. And basically, um, this is more AI technology, uh, artificial intelligence and technology taking, um, giving a space to integrate those who are, uh, you know, differently abled to enter to the workforce and to be more integrated. Um, how far has this technology um, really evolved in terms of uh, things to give access to the visually impaired? Oh, wow. It has evolved in several different levels. I mean, you know, the JAWS and, man and screen magnification software, ZoomText, um, it makes it possible for people who are blind mm -hmm. to have jobs. I mm -hmm. mean, there are people who are blind who would not be working today in the jobs that they have if it, if it wasn't for... for this technology. Right. So it is critical infrastructure. I mean, it is important to our economic development in the blind community mm -hmm. to have this technology. And any time you have a situation where a blind person goes to a job and they are either unaware of the technology unwilling to use the technology or afraid of the technology uh, and thus preventing that person from getting a job, it really is a, a hindrance. I mean, I, I get calls for, across the Caribbean. I had someone in Bermuda mm -hmm. not too long ago. You know, she lived in Canada and she, she was an accountant. As she has low vision and she used that technology in Canada. She decided to go back home to Bermuda to live she got a job at an accounting firm, um, and she was she called me in serious distress because she was saying that the employer was not too crazy about putting the software on their system. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it was because of fear. And uh, it's because it's because of fear, and they didn't mm -hmm. think it was going to work. And they don't they don't and they, they don't, don't understand. They don't understand it. how a low vision person or a blind person can even use a computer. Mm -hmm. well, so there's a lot of fear of the unknown, and that needs that needs to change. Well, let's discuss that in the next hour. We're going to take the short break as we close off this hour on human impact. Uh, speaking to Torres, president of the WR Torres Foundation for the Blind, and the steps and bounds that they've taken to integrate the visually impaired in the workforce. This is Human Impact. I'll see you in the next hour. The best insight. Instant feedback. Accountability. The all-new Talk Radio. Freedom 106.5. And we're back. And in studio with me, Mr. Ansel Torres, president of WR Torres Foundation for the Blind. Now, uh, speaking off air, we started to talk about how um, artificial intelligence has really um, brought forward the visually impaired community leaps and bounds. And from if you've listened to the the Human Impact Show for the last uh, week or so, we've been discussing the application of artificial intelligence in different fields. We spoke about it in fashion, music, education. And now for the visually impaired, I am I'm really understanding that it is helping you all out in huge ways. So oh, can yes. you tell us oh, yes. <laughs> how, how it really applies to your life and how it, it yes. um, will change? 
Yes, so artificial intelligence for people who are blind is a major game changer. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big things that it's doing for me um, right now is there is a, there's an app that um, you can get on your, on your cell phone. Mm -hmm. It's called Be My Eyes. And uh, there's a, a feature in Be My Eyes that was recently uh, released in beta form. It's called Be My AI, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what it does, it allows um, the user, a blind person, to take a picture of a scene anywhere mm -hmm. and it will describe in as much or as little detail as you would like. So I can take a picture of a building mm -hmm. um, and from a distance and if it can see the sign, it will read the sign on the building. So some, I mean, I've actually done that. Mm -hmm. When I get dropped off by Uber, sometimes these folks, they drop me at the wrong location. <laughs> the wrong location. Right. So with, with, um, with Be My Eyes, I can take a picture and um, check the uh, address of where I'm being dropped off. Assuming the address is visible, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But mm -hmm. even, if it, even if the address of itself is not visible, there, there are so many de details that it can provide you know it will tell me that there's a tree standing there and it'll tell me that there's a pathway that mm -hmm. walks you know and there's a canopy over that pathway and and i can i can drill down and ask it for as much information as i can possibly um ask for mm -hmm. and there are limits to it but um you know it can tell me colors it can tell me um, the overall atmosphere, you know, is it a pleasant atmosphere? Is the weather, how is the weather looking outside? It can tell me if it's gloomy or sunny or, mm. or whether it's beautiful or not. Or, I mean, just, I mean, a lot of the information that you could see with your eyes, this Be My AI feature uh, can describe it uh, for me. And it is something for me is, I mean, it's it's very uplifting because it's really changing what it means to be blind. Mm -hmm. Being blind right now is is becoming more of a, you know, a bit of an inconvenience uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, well, some people see it as a death sentence. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some people, if they lose their vision, they think my life is over. I'm dead. I may as well just, you know lay in my bed, bed and wait to die. I mm. mean, they're, they're literally people who think so. Um, but but I'm here to say that because of so much technology evolution, mm -hmm. um, uh, it's not so. You have so many tools available uh, to you to make a difference. There's a pro another product called Seeing AI, and Seeing AI is a product from Microsoft. And it's what I call a Swiss Army Knife app <laughs> that makes it possible for you to um, read a document, identify money. Uh, it, it can tell me whether or not there's light on or off in the room. Mm -hmm. uh, it can read product labels. Uh, it can read handwriting, which is something that we've not gotten before. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I was going through uh, um, mail from the 1980s and I got this letter uh, from a girlfriend I, I had, and um, it was written, it was handwritten. And at the time, 
I was in a bit of a dilemma mm-hmm. <laughs> when I got the letter because I'm like, okay, there's going to be some interesting things written in this letter. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have anybody read this to me. There's no friend or family that could possibly right. read it. And so the letter never got read. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I kept it. And then seeing AI came along and I was like, oh my, maybe I can finally Pretty find out what's in this letter. And I was able to read I was able to read the letter. And I was like, oh wow, so that's what she thought. Uh, <laughs> well you know, I'm I'm intrigued now because yes. <laughs> you know, um being in that position, were there any things that, that you would have liked to have known then that you found out yes. too late? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, I no. would have liked, but you know, hey. That's how it is. That's the way it was. You know, sometimes, you know, as they say, things happen for a good reason. Mm. <laughs> so thinking on um, the adaptations of AI and yes. um, we were speaking about the um, the contact that you had that moved from living internationally and went back home to Bermuda. Do you think that AI would have helped her um, work better in the, in the situation and employer the way that the employer reacted to her? Do you see employers really um, being uh, against the technology? Well, the good news is um, most people that you run into in these situations, in workplace situations, most people in the United States, um, I will let the Trinidadians talk about Trinidad, Mm -hmm. but most people are genuinely excited to work with a disabled person mm-hmm. um, and they try to be as inclusive as they can possibly be with the technology. Um, in the Caribbean, because I think of a lack of exposure, um, a lack of information, mm-hmm. um, you know, they tend to be skeptical because, you know, people are afraid of things they don't know and understand. Mm-hmm. You know, many people think a bl- you, mo- most people think that blind people can't use computers. They can't even begin to comprehend. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a family member that I'm actually that I actually met for the first time down here, and he's and he was like following me around in Tobago. He's like, Hensel, you you blow my mind. Mm-hmm. Some of the things mm-hmm. that you do. I mean, just being. I was like, wait, ha, ha, you have a phone. The phone doesn't have. You know, you don't have your screen on because people who are blind tend to put the screen curtain on, which mm-hmm. blacks out the screen. It saves power and it also uh, gives you uh, privacy, privacy for anybody who might right. be lurking. Um, and, you know, h- how do you use a phone without the screen on? I mean, I did, you know, you're doing some things here that's just... I, I, I'm, I'm ready to blow a circuit here because <laughs> I I, it, it just doesn't connect. That same situation you will find with employers who mm-hmm. they just can't even begin to understand it uh, when they do then it becomes oh okay yeah that's you know no big deal mm-hmm. and it really is no big deal so, um, but it's if but people have to take the time to learn it because or learn about it mm-hmm. be educated on it and I think we in the blind community um, need to have a campaign on educating the community, not just here in Trinidad and Tobago, but around the Caribbean on assistive technology and access technology. And uh, we have made progress here because when I came back, the people who I'm talking to right now uh, who are actually using the term assistive technology, when we started back then, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago, that was a foreign expression. 
Now, assistive technology is being apparently widely used here, and that's a great thing. So that's a great step forward. Oh, yes. So our work has not been in vain. To God be the glory. All right. So I wanted to talk to you about Freedom Scientific. Yes. And what role do they play in the foundation, yes. and what plans do you all have moving forward? Right. So Freedom Scientific was the original creator of the JAWS screen reader. They have now evolved to a company called Vispero. So it's now Vispero Freedom Scientific. Okay. Um, we are representatives for Freedom Scientific Vispero here in the Caribbean. So um, when, uh, when someone in, you know, purchases assistive technology, the foundation uh, gets a margin of that. So that helps to support our effort here in the Caribbean. Um, we, uh, you know, we've run uh, summer camps for kids who are blind. We had something called Camp Can Do, where kids who are blind learn to horseback ride and fish and hike and do all sorts of things that sighted people can't imagine a blind person, person doing. can do, yeah. And um, so that Camp Can Do experiment uh, was was incredibly successful because a lot of a lot of blind kids today uh, who went to that camp, you know, talk very fondly of it, and you know, re it really opened up their eyes. Even as blind folks, they mm -hmm. didn't know that blind people could do some of the things that they were doing. Um, and so it was very, very um, eye-opening even for blind folks. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have been working with Vespero uh, here in Trinidad uh, to uh, bring technology to Ministry of Education. We did a project a long time ago uh, at NALIS, at the library in Tobago. Uh, a lot of the technology that was uh, set up there is freedom scientific uh, technology, um, and it it really can make a big difference. And they have worked with us very closely on that, as well as this new C Access project, trying to bring fusion uh, on a, a more uh, Caribbean wide level. Mm -hmm. um, it's a formula that has been used in Colombia, where if you are blind in Colombia and you need software, uh, access software uh, for your computer mm -hmm. at home, at school, at work, wherever in Colombia, you will have access to this first class uh, gold standard software and you don't have to worry about it. Uh, it's tried, it's true, and the more ubiquitous it is, it is the more people know about it, mm -hmm. and the less frightening it will be for some employers. So this is Caribbean Access that you're talking about. This is the platform. Right. So C-Access is the framework. Fusion mm -hmm. is just one rung on that effort. We, we plan to have um, other aspects of C-Access. Mm -hmm. C-Access Fusion is just the first thing. Well, you can think of it as rungs in a ladder, or you can think of it as charms on a charm bracelet. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, it basically wants to put access, disable access, at the forefront of planning and development Caribbean-wide. And I believe this dovetails very nicely with what the UNDP and George Smith is trying to do uh, across the Caribbean as well. So uh, hopefully if George Smith is listening to me out there, sir, I would like to talk to you. Mm. Maybe we can uh, break for bread and see if there are some ways that we can work together 
uh, along the same lines of disability inclusion in the digital space. And who's currently funding the project? Right now, it's just the Tourist Foundation. Ah, <laughs> but okay. infrastructure, though, infrastructure planning is a government investment. Right. Um, but we are so committed to this that if we don't get the funding from government, we are going to work our tails off to get that money wherever we need to get it mm -hmm. to make it happen. I don't know if we will make it, but it doesn't matter. It's something that needs to happen. So if the government is, is not doing it, we will find a way to get it done. And this is why you would like CARICOM to be involved? This is why I would like CARICOM. Now, CARICOM, yeah. I, everybody says CARICOM has absolutely no money. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But if we get CARICOM's endorsement, that's plenty of money. I mean, that's big. I mean, it's good. It's mm -hmm. good in terms of uh, it gives the program, um, you know, a, a degree of recognition that it needs. Mm -hmm. All right. So can you give out any contact information? So if anyone listening uh, wants to get involved with the foundation and can contact you. Yes. So uh, the Torres Foundation, um, we, our phone number is a U.S. based number, but mm -hmm. you can also um, you can actually text us. Um, the phone number is 301-407-2424. Uh, my cell number uh, is 301-646-8560. Uh, you can text me. You can WhatsApp me. I am very much available at that number. Um, the Trinidad Tobago Blind Welfare Association and Kenneth Surratt, the gentleman who set up this interview. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you for all your efforts along the way. Um, and he is, um, yeah, he's collaborating with us on the effort. Mm -hmm. uh, he's also um, sponsoring a, or Blind Welfare is sponsoring uh, a walkathon, I believe, on Sunday mm -hmm. uh, in celebration of World Sight Day, which I believe is on Thursday, the second Thursday in October. Um, and this year, I believe the theme is, he did send me the theme, it's um, Saving Your Eyes um, in the Workplace. Mm -hmm. And um, he also has a number for people who are interested in that. Um, the phone number, uh, and that's a, that's a number that you can send in, send questions for the walkathon. Mm -hmm. uh, is there an email address that they can send uh, proposals or information to? Uh, for the Walkathon, I don't know. But I'm for not... the foundation oh, as well. For the well. foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, the foundation's information is info at torresfoundation.org. I-N-F-O at torresfoundation.org. All right. Uh, are there any closing comments that you would like to leave with the people of Trinidad and Tobago um, in terms of integration for the visually impaired? The time for integration for persons with disability is now. Actually, it's, it has been for years now, but we need to step it up and bring more exciting solutions, more uh, effective solutions for people who are blind uh, here in Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago actually has done um, uh, quite a bit so far. I'm very proud of the momentum that I see here. I'm very energized. Uh, I read so many negative things in the paper abroad, but mm. I tell you, I came back here um, and I was just very pleasantly surprised on so many levels with, um, 
you know, the access that I had at the airport, the assistance I had at the airport, the taxi driver, the hotel staff, everybody seemed so on their best behavior when it came to dealing with me and my disability. I'm like, something has happened here. Yes. And mm -hmm. it is truly, truly, truly wonderful and exciting to hear that. Um, so I am here to build more momentum in that regard. Uh, we, we must not be forgotten in the digital arena. The time is here. The time is now. Let's make it happen. And well, from the little that you gave me, I think you're a, a little further ahead than the cited <laughs> at the moment in terms of the technologies that you're using, yes. which was very encouraging, I, I, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining me today, Mr. Torres, and the best of luck to you and the foundation and also the Trinidad and Tobago Blind Welfare Association. Yes. Thanks so much for hosting me today. God bless. And we hope to hear more from you. Yes, you will. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.